The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Another episode of Positive Talk Radio. And, you know, in that opening, I just have to say, I talk about uh, living our lives a little bit better and making it more sustainable for the planet and what we are doing. And the young lady that we are going to be talking to this hour, her name is Alyssa, and her last name is? Couture or Kutcher. <laughs> See, I would have been confused. <laughs> but uh, in this hour, we're going to talk about fashion and sustainable fashion and clothing options that are sustainable and that sort of thing. She's written a book. And uh, give it, what's the name of the book again, my dear? The book is named Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. And the deeper truths of healthy fashion are what? Well, it's very complex, but simplified fashion for the future health and wellness fashion that's futuristic and modern and fresh and kind of a new approach, which is mainstream fashion evolving into sustainable fashion, which we are at currently into health and wellness fashion, which is the new and latest trend in the industry. Now, when we say health and wellness fashion, we're not talking about edible clothes, are we? I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, there is such a thing. There's kombucha fabric. They're making, they've made a fabric out of a food named uh, biodegradable kombucha, (laughs) but I don't, I don't specialize in kombucha fabric. Um, but edible clothing, it may exist. It, you know, it probably already exists. You know, you're making a joke, but it's out there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, not that I would know from personal experience, but I do know that uh, there is some edible underpants, but I won't. Oh, okay. Oh, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I won't go there. Uh, but, but you know, so anyway, it's, it's uh, what, what motivated you write, to write the book? I know this is a passion of yours. Well, it's all about, as what you say, positivity and the future is really supposed to be positive. And what I am doing with my mission and goal with healthy fashion is to create a more positive person, more healthy person, a more well person. And during these past decades, we've sort of constricted ourselves with some toxic fashion, unhealthy fashion. So I sort of give a lot of information about what unhealthy fashion is, but I get I give more information about what healthy fashion is. And that is very complex and intricate in detail. There's so many facets of what can make a garment healthy. So I do break it down in the book, fashion for the five bodies, 
fashion for mental health, fashion for emotional health, fashion for spiritual health, fashion for energetic health, and fashion for physical health. And also, I am also gathering more information about the magnetics of the body and how fibers and fabrics are introduced with our magnetic system and vibration. So it's really about bringing design and apparel into a more modern approach, taking it into consideration that we need to feel and look good and not just sacrifice for fashion. So really what I'm gathering here is that Sustainable fashion is an incredible movement. It's happening. Eco-fashion is everywhere. But where I'm shifting and approaching is fashion in a little bit of a different direction because I'm trying to focus it on being therapeutic, sort of like a spa therapeutic medicinal level of apparel design. And there is products out there. Uh, for instance, Earth Therapeutics, a brand that is usually in the home goods uh, department store, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond in the States, I've seen. They have a glove that is a fabric with aloe vera treatment. So they're dabbling into cosmetic fabrics, fabrics that can treat the body topically with herbs and botanicals and uh, all sorts of medicines. In Europe, they're making a fabric, a lyocell tensile fabric with zinc powder and seaweed powder. And the seaweed and the zinc powder is a treatment for the skin because basically our skin is, and I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm kind of ranting over here, but the skin is like a sponge, so we need to treat the body and the bear in mind the fabrics and material choices that we have in order to make our skin in inner insides feel and look good. And for those of you that are going skin is I uh, can absorb uh, things. Of course it can. That's why you wear a nicotine patch on your, your outside on your shoulder because the nicotine will then go into your system through your skin. So my assumption then is clothing can be a good thing for you or it can also be an incredibly bad thing if it's made from toxic substances that can then leach into your uh, uh, blood system from the outside, right? Yeah, I'm, I think that's a perfect example of the nicotine patch. I think it's a perfect example of how things can come through and seep into the skin underneath and into the bloodstream and inner system. And I find that when we're wearing these synthetic fabrics and some plant-based materials, they have treatments of over 8,000 chemicals that are somewhat harsh, and some of them are not as harsh. But where we are going at is what you had just said, the nicotine patch, things absorb. And a lot of science says, you know, we, our skin doesn't breathe. Well, that's technically untrue because it is a living sponge. And I just had another example when you go into a bathtub and you take a baking soda sea salt bath 
or hydrogen peroxide bath, it oxygenates the body through the skin. <laughs> so you come out feeling energized and refreshed. So when we wear a lot of these toxic synthetic unbreathable fabrics, they're restricting the breath of the skin and uh, creating sort of a lack of flow and breathability beneath the fabric in on the first layer of the skin. I love the way you talk about the five different uh, bodies that inhabit that we inhabit. One, and the one I want to focus in on is our energetic body because I think that has a lot to do with the health that we have, how we feel about ourselves, how we move, and and uh, how we go through life, and how we interact with one another. So, what type of clothing do you recommend for that that is good for our energetic body? Well, um, this is a great uh, question, and I really love getting into the energy body in relation to fashion. And I will give one example. There is an institute in India where they have tested the uh, cotton fabric versus the synthetic polyester fabric. And they consider the cotton fabric as sattvic, which is an Indian term for pure. And they consider polyester as tamasic, which means toxic. So in its address to these subtle energy bodies, it's not just the physicalities of what makes it toxic and not toxic. It is the vibration and the frequency of the plant material versus the fossil fuels the, that are underground, which is creating these polyester fabrics and a whole host of other chemicals and types of ingredients that are actually some do consider carcinogenic in studies. So with the energy body, when we're talking about the energy, the we do have a system that's five bodies. We're not just a physical body. We are an energy body. Yes, and in are. order to protect our energy body, one way is to wear apparel and design that protects the body energetically. And our aura can get broken in many different ways and from any source of injury or trauma. So in order to protect some of our aura, we can choose to use fabrics as a way to kind of protect the energy of the body. And I, I'll give you an example. It, in ancient times, there was the temples in Europe the architectural temples were used as an inspiration to design their apparel. Because when you visit a temple, a church of light, a holy place, they architecturally designed these temples to keep the light force in the body. And so what the Europeans did was they ended up designing apparel that mocked and imitated the temples that they were visiting that were uh, purifying their bodies. Because when, when you go into a, a temple and you say someone is possessed by a demon and the, the priest or so wants to exercise you of the demon, 
it's not just the priest, it's the elements of the temple, it's the symbol of the cross, it's all these things that's actually evoking the, the demon's entity to come out of the body. So when we choose to wear apparel, and I know that you want to give, you want me to give you some examples of apparel that can connect the body, we're actually choosing to keep the inner light force in this side of the body. And when we choose to keep, keep the inner light force in rather than it leaking out, fashion can be a way to help that. And one example, say colors, uh, the choosing the types of colors that you wear. It could also be just the silhouette of the garment, um, how the garment is placed on the body. And this is individual and unique to each person's expression and how and what they like to wear. So if I could say, you know, a certain garment as simple as a t-shirt or a sweatshirt that could seal in the light force and keep the energy body healthy because the energy body is the healthiest when our soul is not spilling out of our body, when our spirit is not like broken and crashing to pieces, a million pieces. And everybody can experience this to different degrees. And when we choose the garments that can have that barrier, that boundary, that's where uh, the energy body can be healthy and purified and cleansed. And I just want to address one more thing. Yes, please. Um, with the energy body, if you choose clothing that is really personal to you and that makes you feel really comfortable and really like empowered and you just put on a garment, it just feels perfect. And you're just like, wow, like something is like aligned, like it's aligning. Everything is going well because this garment is doing something. It's it's working for me. That is also an indication that it's protecting the energy body. I would even add something even more to that. And that is, have you ever heard of the expression, uh, he's an energy vampire? Oh, yeah with when you have a garment that is designed to protect your energy it also keeps you from absorbing energy negative energy from somebody else doesn't it exactly so you can actually defend yourself from somebody because we all come into contact with people that have neg neg negative energy you walk into a room and this person is suddenly it's like i don't want to be around them because they've got you know they, they don't feel good to me they don't feel right to me and so if you've got if you if you are protected that's why i wanted to ask you about it the energy garments because if you're protected from uh, that then from them absorbing their negative energy, then you'll be happier and it won't have anything to do with them. And you'll also be healthier because I believe the energy of our body is very, very important to our overall health. Don't you? Absolutely. And I really can't even um, express further what you just demonstrated and said, because that's perfectly stated. And I agree with everything you're saying. And I do want to add that when we go into the public atmosphere and we are seeing all these different types of clothings and outfits there is a quote that i just recently said 
it's not what you see. It's, it's, it's how you, it's not what you see, but it's how you see it. That's one way of protecting yourself because there are garments that are toxic out there and you're going to be seeing garments and outfits that don't resonate with your being. So in order to protect yourself is to see it and then sort of, you know, shift your perception that that's a way to protect yourself with it. Yep. But there's also a different types of energy vampires that use fashion to hurt people. Um, and whether they're conscious of it or not, if someone's not comfortable with themselves and their body, they may choose to wear outfits that sort of attack people. And it's, it's unconscious, and in some ways it is conscious. But there is occult activity, and there is ego, and there is sacrificial clothing in every country, in every form, in every way, and it, it, that needs to definitely be purified and it's it's not a matter of you know clothing that's revealing versus modest clothing where you're covered in the you're covered your entire skin is covered each different silhouette has plays a part in twisting and being sort of atta attacking to an individual in, in different ways you know generally speaking i find that people are innocent yet they're not i mean this is this we're going you are you probably understanding when i'm coming from when i say there's some kind of spiritual battle happening in, mm -hmm. in biblical times and prophecy they're saying that there's a battle of good and evil and when i talk about healthy fashion versus unhealthy fashion there's no way around this. <laughs> it, it, there's good fashion and then there's evil fashion, but there's also fashion that is innocent. There, It's not, it's a reflection of the times, it's a collective energy, and it's a phase, it's a process, it's a journey. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm in, in you've got the, the five bodies and I know what I was going to ask you. Um, are lighter colors considered to be higher vibrational colors and darker colors lower vibration? Is that, am I in the ballpark? Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, we're both wearing black and yes. we're uh, interested in this color because each color has a vortex of energy. And we can use black as just as the same as the color white. And it does have those powers. So I, I truly believe um, all colors do have some type of signature, unique trait that specializes in something that can give to a person. Um, do I do pastel colors do more for me? I know that I'm an extreme fan of pastel colors. <laughs> I love pastel colors, and in some uh, cases, like the I Am Presence activity, they're, in their religion, they kind of tend to be drawn towards those pastel colors. But if you go out into planet Earth, in the wilderness, in all nature, 
you see all different types of colors and they're all embraced by us. So I do believe that the different color rays, we can connect with each different color ray through the entire spectrum of the rainbow. Interesting. So when we talk about um, clothing and and the beneficial aspects of it, is it based upon the material that's used or is it a combination of the material and also the energy that you're putting behind the clothing that you're wearing? The spiritual aspects, you say? Yeah, well, the uh, um, when, we, when we're talking about um, clothing that is good for the body, and in general, or for the five or six bodies that we have, and I think there are five, right? Yes. Yeah, for the, those five bodies, is it is it more the materials that are used to construct the clothing? Is it the design of the of the um, of the clothing? What is the most important aspect of of making sure that you're wearing healthy clothing for your body and for those five? Um, um, five different bodies. Okay. I'll give you an example of each body in relation to fashion. And one, we'll start with the mental body. So with the the mental body, I have created a sort of a concept where we connect with the Yunyan archetypes versus fashion stereotypes because when we get into the fashion industry and you see all the marketing you see all this stereotypical judgment of fashion for example you look at an outfit uh, an athlete is wearing an athletic garment and we call him a jock or we look at a bohemian style look and we call that person a hippie those could be pretty shallow uh quick judgments on outfits. And what I like to do is I like to twist it around and mentally speaking, instead of seeing the jock wearing the athletic outfit, I can translate and communicate with my own mind by perceiving that outfit as to be connected to the hero and adventurer archetype. So that kind of represents the person in a little bit more of a respectful way and honors myself because when I can honor a person's fashion, I'm honoring myself. It's a respect thing. And I think we've all been kind of brainwashed a little bit and mind controlled into sort of compartmentalizing fashion in a stereotypical way. And when we put put it into the Yunjian archetypes, the, for instance, instead of appearing at someone, instead of seeing someone as a hippie, we can look at them as the innocence archetype. They're representing the innocence archetype. And these archetypes are very powerful. Uh, Carl Jung, he, he developed these archetypes and they can be embraced in all different industries uh, sure. all over the world. And by using them in, in the form of fashion, we can mentally protect ourselves and feel a little bit more comfortable with how we perceive fashion and how others perceive us. And that's the, uh, just one example for fashion in relation to the mental body. And then we can go into fashion in relation to the physical body. And that's mostly in direction of plant-based materials. A fashion 
that is primarily plant-based. And reason being is because a a lot of the animal materials are niche. Uh, They cannot be exposed in a mass production way because they can't be produced in a mass production way because they're animals. And with polyester and rayon, acetate, acrylic, which all developed in the 1930s, reason being, this has been the accumulation of why we have so much toxic labor, toxic pollution, toxic everything. And so when we bring ourselves into the plant tech direction, um, that's where we're going to be able to advance fashion. That's where we're going to be able to tackle all different directions of what makes the fashion industry uh, polluted and polluting the world. So that's fashion in relation to the materials. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and as we, because we, we've, we've had done an interview before and you can go back in the archive someplace and it's back there somewhere. And we did, we did talk about uh, the, the fact that fashion is one of the bigger polluters on the planet and does have to change. And I, for one, am not, I don't know for a fact, scientifically, I can't prove it, but there are chemicals that are in our clothes that we, that they don't, necessarily tell us what's all in our clothes and we absorb those and that's and cancer is a big problem that has kind of i think grown out of uh, our unhealthy living our environment and part of that environment is the garments that we wear so plant-based natural products would be much better for us to be wearing overall that's right right exactly and yes plants and thank you for adding all that information we did go deep into these topics of the materials and i would like to add that we don't have to be perfect at this stage in the process of evolving our, the fashion industry in our wardrobe we don't have to wear 100 percent organic plant-based fabrics that's very expensive and it's practically impossible in colder climates because of the types of materials that are being produced right now. I'm not going to say impossible. It is possible, (laughs) but it's very rare. So I would just say to add, if you really want to improve your body's health, focus on ergonomic design apparel that's allowing your body to move and breathe freely. I know I am definitely a victim of wearing clothing that's too tight or clothing that's itchy or clothing that just looks good but doesn't feel good. So being able to pay attention to the ergonomic details is very important, as well as wearing plant-based fabrics. The most popular are cotton, linen, and hemp fabrics, yet there's going to be And there is already being an introduction of a whole different variety of fabrics, Um, rami, nettle, pina, pina is from the pineapple, rami is the China uh, plant, it's in relation to bamboo, I believe, 
and nettle is a European uh, uh, weed. And then we can move into the direction of lots of different plants from lots of different climates. The, the desert, aloe vera cellulose is being spun into a fabric. Cattails, really? yes. That's uh, yep. Uh, cattails, the North American weed, which is the fluff in the cattail, is being used for insulation in outerwear apparel, as well as capic, which is uh, from a tree. Capic is in a shell on a, on a tree, and there's a lot of fluff, like cotton inside. So those are the types of insulations we can start to use, as well as lotus. Uh, there's lotus flower stem. They're using the water hyacinth stem. They're also using doing new developments of seaweed fabric uh, made from algae. And using these different plant varieties from all the different climates is going to help usher in the mass plant-based fashion wardrobe because we cannot create a wardrobe with just cotton and linen because that would stress those plants and the economy. And we do have to upgrade our textile machinery in order to create more advanced products in a less labor intensive way. For example, there was a scientist in the States who developed a machine that would peel off the corn leaf, outer laying of the corn from the corn and they would use the leaves of the corn and they'd spun it into a cotton blend as a textile, a new textile, advanced textile. So they, they built this machine so that they wouldn't have to peel, you know, each corn leaf and, and sort and everything. They would just have a, a machine to do it. So having the machinery is going to be able to create the plant textile industry into a more advanced way. You know, you just mentioned several things that we're able to make clothing out of, and they're discovering that they can. And I was noticing, um, the, like, the one that was like bamboo or hemp, or a lot of these things are considered, have been considered throwaway items, things that, or weeds, or things that, that haven't been used, but they can actually benefit us and by using them we benefit the planet and we use less oil because we're not into polyester and all that kind of stuff anymore so I, I i really think that that as we are you know when we when we have tornadoes in december when we have wildfires everywhere when it's uh record rains and all that we are into global warming and we need to get rid of um um fossil fuels and and you and you enlightened me when the first time we were here that that fossil fuel that the fashion industry is a huge user of fossil fuels and we've got and we've got to eliminate that so that we can move forward with our planet and and because we've this is i don't know if you know but this is the only one we got we better take care of it, and I'm glad you're doing the work that you're doing because you can help. You can help educate people about fashion and proper fashion and and good things. So I I really like what you're doing, Elisa. Thank you, and I'm not the only one. I mean, I'm I'm a spokesperson for 
what's happening and what's going on. I do believe that there's a slow, gradual, yet fast-paced trend of plant-based fashion and wellness, fashion for wellness, fashion for health. It, it is occurring. And I'd like to see in marketing much more fashion that is therapeutic and fashion that is spirited and holistic. I believe that the fashion industry that we're sort of involved in is the ready-to-wear collections, all of the glossy magazines. They have these high-profile clothing and materials that aren't the best. So you're looking at these beautiful garments that you just want to wear, but are they comfortable? <laughs> and are they good for the planet? Because we really do want to go into the whole circular fashion, regenerative fashion, biodegradable fashion. And back in the day, the Europeans would burn fabrics, their, their wardrobe, they'd burn it after they were finished with it. And it was sort of a ceremonial thing. It wasn't polluting the earth because they were just natural cellulose fibers. So when we, we do go into biodegradable clothing where it wouldn't you know, blow up in fumes if we burned it, which is the polyesters, we would have a much more healthy planet. And it's also going to activate the ecosystem when we usher in all of these new plant farming initiatives. Uh, it's going to activate the, the ecosystem. It's not going to take away, you know, we can implement permaculture. We can implement ways of protecting our plant life. You know, a lot of the, some of the companies are saying, you know, it's really terrible to take a bark off of a tree, yet it's regenerative. There's, there's different, and then they're saying cotton is awful because of the water, but there's technology out there that they mm -hmm. can use in order to keep it healthy. And so we don't have to make plant-based a bad thing. Polyester started just in the 1930s. Before then, we were wearing plants. Right, right, exactly. You know, there's a company out of uh, Montana, and I've had the uh, spokesman on, and she's going to come on again. It's called Biomimicry. And what they do is, is very similar to what you're advocating and what you're doing is they are looking at nature, and they're saying, how does nature work? How does, how does a bee that is so heavy, how does it actually fly? Or the various subjects of, of what nature does. And uh, so what they're doing is developing programs that actually mimic nature in, in a positive way that is a lot more, it's, it's, it's by design to be a lot more friendly to the planet because we're just mimicking what nature does. And that's what you're doing with the plant-based things and, and clothing and stuff. It's just a matter of putting it into the right fashion and getting people to, to want to buy it and, uh, and use that. And, but I think over time, people are – and the education you're providing is really good because it's helping people understand that there is – number one, there's a choice that you can make. It may be a little bit more expensive now, but the more people that buy it, 
the more uh, cost effective it will be over time. And it's something that we all need to consider, don't you think? Yes. And back to the biomimicry, I don't specialize in it, but I definitely promote biomimicry in fashion. Uh, it is in my book. I write about biomimicry in fashion. And I oh, do, cool. yeah, I do believe um, it's quite an inspiration to take what's already out there and use it as a source of invention in regards to creating something more betterly performed, something that can be more advanced. So I love biomimicry. And with my work, it's a little bit different because I'm not just talking about health and wellness. We just like talked crazily about the aura and energy body. I go and dabble in lots of different directions. And I do have a background uh, as an energy healer, planetary energy healer. And I dabble in like holistic and alternative remedies a lot. Um, if you research Hannah Kroger, she is one of my favorite healers. She had doused people with a pendulum. She had a ministry. She had a health food store in Colorado. She was a crazy, amazing healer of her day. And people thought she was unconventional. And that's why I'm inspired by her work, because, you know, when you're talking about health and energy and spirituality and the aura, some people can get a little bit like, mm, that's a little different. But you have to you have to like it and have an interest in new age and the spiritual ascension. You have to have a connection. And many people are what some people say are sleeping and mm -hmm. they're not awake. And I was sleeping and I was not awake, you know, many years ago. Uh, you know, I was just trying to get by and survive and I still am. <laughs> but when you're kind of getting into spirituality. You know, I used to live in ashrams and monasteries. I worked and lived there. I was a kitchen manager at a, excuse me, at a Buddhist monastery. Oh, that would be interesting. In West Virginia. That was a lot of fun. And so I, I dabble into these esoteric teachings and arts, and then I bring it into the I, relation to fashion. And this is really the key of advancing fashion when we choose to literally take our fashion and make it supernatural, make it a channel for the divine, uh, make it a vehicle, uh, a tool, uh, a remedy. So with my work, it is different, but it is progressive, it's modern, and I do have a, a very high taste level with trend, and in the industry, I had a small handmade brand many years ago, and I got into the Saks Fifth Avenue Talent Search Competition in 2015. They spotted my brand. So they know, they, I have that high taste level of fashion. I know what looks good. I, I love fashion. You know, I like that modern edge. I like that really cool style that you see in Ready to Wear. It's a passion of mine. But it, there's a missing link in the industry. And you can see it all over the covers of the magazines. You can see it in literature. You can you can see it on in the internet. 
when we start elevating and making fashion really conscious, and it's out there, I'm not dismissing it. I'm not being ignorant of the fact that it's not out there, but I wanna pro promote and, and make it more possible in order to create fashion that is literally, what I had said, supernatural. Something that is already exists, but what's more to come? What can we do with our design? How can we bring it to the next level? And like I said, it can be as simple as a t-shirt. It really is the, the person wearing it too, because there's this connection that we have with fashion and the apparel comes alive when we put it on our bodies. Exactly. And, uh, it's, uh, just more of a holistic way of being. Um, and, and we need, I, we need to simplify and we need to clean up some of the chemicals that, that are going into our bodies and, and that kind of stuff. So, so I applaud the work that you're doing. I think, I think it's cool. By the way, I have to ask you, what does a monk eat? Well, um, there were, having a diet of vegetarian food. I'd serve assortment of beans, rice, salads, fruits, soups, lots of soups. So it was a very simple, easy diet. And Bhante Gunaratana, the lead monk at Bhavana Society, he's in his 90s. So he liked the simple foods, but he did like spicy. Ah. He liked spicy. So I, I did make some spicy foods and sometimes it got too spicy <laughs> and he had to tell me. Um, but we had all sorts of dishes from all over the world. I did a lot of research in world cuisine and it's definitely a passion of mine, but we stuck to rice, beans, salad, fruit, and some vegetable dishes. So how did you, now, did you grow up in, see, I was in the restaurant business for like ever. So uh, did you grow up in, in nutrition and cooking and, or how did you, how did you manage to get that kind of job? My mother never taught me to cook. And I had like an eating disorder growing up. So I was just barely nibbling on food. I was like 100 pounds, 105 pounds for a long time. I'm 130 now. I'd like to cut back to 120. But I was very skinny and I stayed away from food quite a bit. But I got into cooking in my late 20s. I self-taught myself how to cook and I just had strong desire. And Hannah Kroger, as I had mentioned, she had a restaurant and her her dishes and recipes remind me of my, my own. It just really dawned on me that you can make super delicious, comforting foods that can be so soulful and really help the body in so many ways. You know, I also am drawn to junk food as well. But what what nailed me the job was, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just really good at cooking. 
Good for you. Good, yeah. good for you. And I had a, I had a, a strong background in retail management. So that helped. So I was the kitchen manager and cook, lead cook. And I'd spend many hours a day cooking, doing the grocery shopping and whatnot. It was, it was a blast. And I brought that energy of the monastery into my book because Bhante Gunaratana has like dozens of books printed and published. And when I saw that, I was like, I really want to write a book. He, I remembered, I, I said a year ago, I want to write a book. And now here I am working at this monastery and he's writing all these books. I get to, I get to write a book. I was a little jealous and I was a little inspired at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you wrote this book. Now let's go over the details of it again uh, and give us the name of the, of the book again. It's healthy fashion, the deeper truths. And it's all about fashion for the modern age, fashion for the new age. If you love the holistic arts, alternative remedies, new age, spiritual ascension, if you love sustainable fashion, the environment, ecology, in fashion in general, you'd like to read this book. And I've gotten many comments stating that you don't really often find this type of material in fashion literature. So it's definitely new. It's a new approach. Which is, which is just awesome. Now, now, is it, uh, does Amazon have it yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was published a few months ago. And John Hunt Publishing was a publisher. And you can find it in most all bookstores, actually. All major bookstores, Books A Million, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Powell's, Waterstones in the UK. It's sprinkled all over in all the countries. How's it doing? It's doing well, but it Good. is, you know, it's it's doing well. I'm not going to say it's doing bad. It's definitely a process. And as a new author, it's going to take time for me to really get this launched. They say it takes about a year to get yep. things really active. You know, well, and, really, and interviews like this will help. And so uh, the name, give us the name of the book one more time. The name of the book is Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. That will be something that uh, I think the book is going to do very well because it's you're right. It's it's very unique. It's got a niche that very few other books are in. And so I think it'll it'll do really, really quite well. It was so. just it was just featured in Marie Claire Arabia, uh, April issue, their April magazine issue. Marie Claire is the top fashion magazine in the world. One of so the there, that's yeah. going to drive sales all by itself. Congratulations. Thank you. That's that's pretty awesome. I've enjoyed having you and talking with you again. It's fun. Yes. Your knowledge of information. You're great to talk to. I love your questions and all the information that you've given on this show. And like I said, you're definitely someone to stick around. So <laughs> I'm going to do my darndest. I'm, but I, what I need to do, though, is to start wearing sustainable clothing and and uh, that uh, might cost me a little bit more, but it's better for my my skin and my body. And because, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, all that stuff. So it's really good. I would, now we, we need to we need to run away. But uh, I want to give you a moment to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know about anything. Well, um, 
I, I guess stay positive. Stay positive like Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, doggone it. Stay positive. And, and by the way, it is really cool to have somebody. You've got great energy to you. You've got a, you're on a mission. You've got a passion. You're following your heart, uh, which is really, really an important aspect of life. If you're not doing what you love and you're not following your heart, you're wasting life. And we're, we're not here for that long on this particular trip. And so you, you, you need to make it as vivacious and as fun and as energetic as possible so that you can uh, return to where I call home with a lot of great experiences from here. And you're doing that. You're good. It would be really cool to, to be around monks and to work in a monastery and, and to do the different places that you've been and, and stuff like that. I, I'm going to have to have you back just to talk about the, those things. <laughs> sure. Anytime. I'd love to be back. That would, that would be fun. We'll, we'll plan on that then. Okay. All right. Perfect. Okay, so uh, and is there anything else that you'd like to get out before we... And Do you have a website that we can reference? Yes, my website is www.h as in healthy, f as in fashion, campaign.com. And thank you so much, Kevin, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here. So if you, if you wait right there, I want to talk to you a little bit, but uh, I've got to do this first. I'll be right back. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KMmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.